you for listening to this message from the North Gate. So me and Curtis, I asked Curtis to jump in and share with me on this because we've been talking about the spirit wind and I'm going to give you this microphone. I'm going to switch with you here in a second. But before he does that, I want you to put up on the screen with me that John 14, 16, and I'm going to read out of the mirror Bible and then I'm going to cut this to Curtis and then I'll see if I want to add anything to it. But what I'm wanting us to get to is I'm wanting us to get to the understanding of Acts 2.38. Literally, when Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, I want to go in further deeper in breaking those words down in the Greek that when he said repent, he was literally screaming metanoia. He was shouting to 3,000 people, not repent. He was saying, change the way you think and see everything. The word metanoia, which is the word repent, the definition and the understanding of it is not what we've been taught in America, turn from bad behavior. That is not what that means. Repent does not turn. You'll turn from bad behavior when you start thinking and seeing things rightly. And so what we tried to do is discipline people, at least for the 44 years of my life, discipline people into not cussing, not smoking, not drinking, not gossiping, not being bitter. You know what I'm saying? Didn't work. Didn't work. Some of the most bitter people on the planet were the disciplined holiness people that could grow their hair out, wear skirts, not wear jewelry, but were bitter. Had no joy in the Holy Ghost unless you hit a high praise song. And literally, if you start poking at the religion, they tried to fight you. So in that, the Lord wants me to begin to reveal in the year of the wind what the true meaning of repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin is repent, metanoia, change the way you think. The word baptism in the Greek means to be immersed. Immersed in what? Christocentric, not water. It means to be immersed in love. Can that mean water? Yes. Can that be mean tonight? Yes. Can that mean you being raptured? Taken? Yes. Being so caught up in Jesus, immersed in Christocentric, be baptized in his name, be baptized in who he is. What is he? He's love. So change the way you think. Be baptized in love for the what? Remission. Doing away with, never to touch again. Somebody that has cancer, when cancer goes into remission, means you'll never touch them again. How do I know this doesn't mean about water? Because there's many people that were baptized in water in the name of Jesus and didn't stop sinning. So it's not a trick pony of a magic trick. Abracadabra, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you're done with it. What'll make you stop sinning is you being so immersed in the love of the name of Dahavid, the beloved Jesus Christ, being baptized in love that you do what he said in the beginning, see the world completely different. Water doesn't make me see the world different. Love does. So I'm learning as I'm diving through the scriptures that 100% the baptism on Acts 2 of fire was love. What's the most passionate thing on the planet? Love, not water. Not water. I'm not doing away with water. I love water baptism. I'll do water baptism in the name of 
Yahweh, Yeshua, and the Holy Ghost. I'm all about that. I'm all about the baptism of laying down the old man, coming up new. I'm all about that. But what we need baptized in is the Father's love. So immersed, so surrounded, that patience, kindness, goodness, and mercy just flow out of us in every single thing that we do. That what is going to change the world? Love, period. And if we cannot love ourselves, we'll never be able to love others. If we cannot love ourselves, we'll never be able to love others. And in John 14, Literally, Jesus tells his disciples, it's the only place that he begins to tell them in depth of what is coming after he leaves. The King James Version, which we don't have, put the New King James Version up there first, and then go to the, or I'll read Passion now, and then I'll go back. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. What's truth? The truth is a freedom. What kind of freedom? The Son will set you so free. How free will you become? You'll become unquestionably free. All of your questioning, all of your concerns, that's the freedom we're looking for. And that's the freedom they found in Acts 2.38 when they found a baptism. Could have been of water. I don't know. It doesn't say they went to water. It says that they were immersed in love. It also said that clothing tongues of fire. But the fire wasn't real. It was a metaphor. Are you tracking with me? Clothing tongues of fire didn't mean flame came out like a dragon. We have to see the metaphor of the spirit of what's being taught. Clothing tongues of fire came so we could understand one another. Guess what we can't do in today's reality? We don't understand people. We don't understand people because of race. We don't understand people because of political views. We don't understand people because you might be rich and I might be poor or you may be middle class. We can't understand each other. So we need another immersion of love of what Peter preached in Acts 2.38. Why did he preach that message? Because he was racist. Jews and Gentiles, y'all don't get it. He struggled with racism. He struggled with independence. He struggled with looking at the rich because he was probably middle class. So you take this guy who had some internal issues on the inside. He leaves his independence of preference of what is good for him. And how do we know he act like that? Because he denies Jesus to a 14-year-old girl. When Jesus asks him to pray, Instead of being a prayer warrior, he wanted to be a physical warrior. He shows his independence constantly of not being subject to control or submission. Not affiliated with, denies Christ. This is all independence. And now we have independent churches. We've got independent people. I don't need a church. I don't need the body of Christ. Your independence will lead you to not being able to be submissive, not being able to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Because I guarantee Holy Spirit's going to do what? Lead you to be joined to a family. Because God is coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. God's not just coming back for a remnant or a piece. He's coming back for a bride that is dressed and adorned and prepared. Which means we can't be divided. We can't be separated. And we're going to have to start to begin to understand one another. Y'all tracking with me? Don't get mad at me. Not requiring or relying on someone else. I said it last week like this. This is the Webster's Dictionary. Not to be affiliated with, not requiring or relying on someone else. Not looking for others or someone's opinion or counsel. 
not bound to or committed to, that's independence. I said it like this. I'm not subject to control or submission. I'm self-governing. I'm not affiliated with you. I'm not requiring or relying on you or someone else. I'm not looking to others for one's opinion or their counsel. I'm not bound or committed to anybody but myself. None of that is the kingdom. Every bit of that was Peter before Acts 2.38 happened, a repentance that changed the way he thinks. And he didn't get baptized in water. He got baptized in fire in an upper room. And he makes an announcement coming out of that upper room. I'm different. And why can he preach that message? Because love pierced his heart in such a way that he realized, I'm going to be affiliated with this man. How affiliated was Peter? Peter was literally crucified upside down. When they went to kill the apostle Peter, he said, you can't crucify me like they crucified my Lord. You're going to have to flip me upside down and kill me that way. He was so committed because he felt a love that wouldn't reject him anymore. Because independence will always lead you to an orphan spirit and you'll always look for someone to reject you. And when Peter cut the ear off, are you going to reject me now, Jesus? Because this is who I am. Listen, Jesus, while you were getting whipped to the cat of nine tails, I denied you. Are you going to leave me yet, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, no. Even when you went independent and didn't affiliate and even when you acted out, I still loved you because he knows the end result of your story. And he knew Acts 2.38 that literally a submersion of love in the name that is above every name was coming to him and he would make an announcement, I'm changed from the inside out. I have been loved anew. (laughs) What's that look like, Bill Cut, right? What was happening in David and Mike Clendenin? What was happening in Hope? What was happening in Sarah? A love anew was coming. A love anew was finding him. What happened in Jamie on Thursday? What happened in Caden? What happened in a new love found me? And it begins to change me. And Peter's like, I walked with him. I healed with him. But this love, I'm not worthy of. Can you? Listen, Bill Cutright, I believe, we all think that when Peter preached, he preached like I'm preaching. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Further, I believe he came out of the upper room looking like Bill Cutright. I don't know what to do with myself. Because I didn't, you're talking about a fisherman. You're talking about a blue-collar, hard-working, independent man who denied, who unaffiliated, who I can do this on my own. I don't need your help. He came out of that upper room. I had to face Jesus' mom. And she forgave me. Mary forgave me. John the beloved forgave me. Thomas, Matthew, Luke, Mark, Judas. We all forgave each other. Oh. We all start to understand we're from different walks than they were. One was a tax collector who was a white collar. Peter was a blue collar. In this room, we've got to start mixing this thing up because in an upper room, all different walks of life came together. And then you take, literally, a man like Peter and you send him to the Jews that educated the rabbis. Then you take Paul, who's the rabbi of rabbis. You send him to the Gentiles. What was happening in both men? Their independence was to be broken off of them. And they were both baptized in John 
14. They were baptized in truth, which is the comfort, the helper, the guide named Holy Spirit. They found love for themselves through the love of God that allowed them to reach others. Instead of being independent, they found the unity of the body. And the word comfort means to give strength and hope to. To ease grief and trouble. That happened in this room tonight, right? Not because of me, because you started allowing Holy Spirit to guide you to love one another, but you had to let Holy Spirit in first. You allowed Acts 2.38 to happen in this room. You were being baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. What is that sin? Not your behavioral issues, your walk. Your walk. Your walk with what? Walk with perfection? No, your walk with God. You want to wake up tomorrow and talk to Him. You want to put worship music on. You want to seek His face. You found a love tonight that makes you want to go after Him and makes you want to share it with others. That's the kind of love that happened in Acts 2. And we got to realize that that love is for Jerusalem. That love is for Streetsboro. That love is for here. It's for Portage County. But you're going to have to allow love to invade like this, that truth comes in. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another. You see that word, another? He will give you another, another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be, who will be to you a friend just like me. And He will never leave you. This is where independence messes with you. Because Peter tried to do everything to be like, you going to reject me now? You going to reject me now? I'm just going to poke to see if you reject me. How do I know how real that is? Because I've lived that. I've lived that. I'll be vulnerable in this room. I've lived that. How far are you going to walk with me through this? How far are you really going to go? How far? How far are we really going to get through this till we see promise fulfilled? How far are we going to go? How far? And love will say, no limits, no boundaries. We're going. You're going to have to allow love to invade where others have rejected that you weren't supposed to be with, where others have stabbed you, pushed you around, talked about you, but God sends you another comforter through Holy Spirit. And you'll find him in private and you'll find him in corporate. And how do we find him in corporate when we all start to begin to call upon his name? And that's what they did for 10 days. And you know what happens when you start going after Holy Spirit? You'll start off with 500, and 10 days later, they had 120. But when they got that 120 that was saying, you won't reject me, you won't throw me away, then boom, guess what comes? The baptism of fire that brings an understanding, passionate love. But you know what you have to do? You have to let that in. You have to let that in, and you have to let that heal. You have to let that change, and you have to let that grow inside of you. Um, I need to repent before I start. Um, tonight, normally when we have these just knock-down, drag-out, awesome worship sessions I come up and I try to be humorous and just say well we could just go home now and I really Lord wasn't feeling so humorous in that moment because I said it in my mind and he quickly 
verbally said in my ear, as if what I have to say through you and through Pastor Jimmy isn't just as important Come on, buddy. as the moments that people are having up here. Come on, my man. Now what I'm going to do is try and connect what Pastor Jimmy is speaking and about love. And before I do that, um, at bedtime, I usually tell my boys a story. So I told this story, and it's total of fictional. It's, but it's somewhere you're going to be able to relate. And uh, there's a character, and his name's Chuck. Totally fictional, nobody I know. But uh, Chuck decides that he's going to go on an adventure and become a rock climber. And Chuck gets his one buddy, and his buddy's name's Johnny. Chuck and Johnny pitch this idea to their parents, we want to become rock climbers. So before they take them up to the big cliff, they take them to the rec center. The rec center has a rock wall. The rock wall has three stages, beginner, middle, and advanced. 10, 20, 40-foot rock wall. So Chuck and Johnny are at the rec center, and they're messing around. They're playing basketball. They're playing all the different activities that the rec center has to offer. Finally, they, they get up enough courage to walk over to the rock wall, which is the real reason they were really there. Johnny says, I'm going to go first, Chuck. Chuck says, good, because I'm afraid of heights. Johnny goes up to the first beginner wall, 10 foot, hits the buzzer, no problem. Over to the middle level, 20 foot, you got to put a harness on, big pad underneath you. He goes all the way up to the top, hits the buzzer, no problem, a little bit slower. He gets up to the, to the final wall, the higher level. Got to put a harness on. You got a pad at the bottom. You also have somebody controlling your slack. So if you go into a free fall, they can stop you. So each level has a little extra protection on, uh, over it. Johnny gets about halfway up, just over halfway up, and he does what you're spo not supposed to do when you're going to another height or a, high, a higher level of altitude. We've all heard it. Once you get to that level, don't look down. Johnny gets to that level, about 30, 35 feet. He's not quite to the top yet. He does what he's not supposed to do, and he looks down, and he freezes. He loses all control, but his body is frozen. He's stuck to the wall. He can't move. And Johnny thinks to himself, I shouldn't have looked down. I made a mistake. I'm frozen here. How am I going to resolve this? And he hears everybody at the bottom. Keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. But as, as many people at the bottom keep shouting, keep trying to motivate, keep trying to encourage, the one person that he has to hear the voice of is himself and Holy Spirit. So he has to tune everybody out at the bottom who's trying to encourage him to keep going. And he has to speak to himself, and he has to hear Holy Spirit voice through this whole thing. He stops, he pauses, he takes a few deep breaths. He moves his first hand, he moves his first foot. And before he knows it, he reaches the top of the rock wall and he hits the buzzer. And he comes back down. And he tells Chuck, it's your turn, Chuck. Chuck looks at Johnny and says, I don't know if I can do it, man. That looked really rough. Johnny says, all I can tell you is once you get to a certain point and you want to look down, just keep going forward. Just keep climbing. 
So Chuck goes to the beginner wall, up 10 foot, hits the buzzer, no problem. Same thing. Gets to the middle wall, up the 20 foot, hits the buzzer, no problem. Gets to that 40 foot wall. Gets his harness on. Gets his fall protection ready to roll. He climbs up. He gets about that same point. And in the moment where he wants to look down, he hears Johnny at the bottom saying, do not look down. Keep climbing. Keep moving your hands. Don't stop. And the words of encouragement from someone who had been there before, he heard it. Because Johnny had a love for Chuck. This is where I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best to connect this. Johnny loved Chuck so much that he used his own personal experience, what could have been a failure, to reach up with his voice and say, don't stop. Keep climbing. Chuck heard the voice of his friend, and he didn't stop. He kept climbing. He kept moving. He hits the buzzer. He starts his descent. Everybody's cheering. And on his way down, he looks over, and he sees the 20-foot mark of the medium-sized wall. No problem. I've made it. Gets just below that. He's about 15 foot. His foot slips. He has to rely on the catchfall of, of his fall protection. He stops. He only dropped about a foot. They told him to reset, grab a hold. Instead of lowering him all the way down, they wanted him to finish. They wanted him to complete what was in front of him. So he reaches back up. Chuck grabs the wall. He climbs back to the bottom. Johnny embraces him with a big hug. High fives, man, that's awesome. We completed. We're going to be rock, crawl, rock climbers. Meanwhile, Chuck's, Chuck and Johnny's mom, they're standing in the background. They're watching everything. They watched the slip. They watched the fall. They watched the freeze. And they said, not just yet. You saw someone who was here before, and you've made improvements. But you're not there just yet. So they kept bringing them back every week. They'd come back, and they'd keep climbing the walls, and they'd keep progressing. No slipping, no stopping. And they kept encouraging them, each other. Because what, when, they, when they finally reached that point where they had already been there before, it, became, it didn't become an obstacle anymore. And they loved each other enough to keep encouraging each other. And in my, my, my scripture text here, if you'll bring it up for me, Kev. My sister Carrie just texted me. Prayed for her earlier too. Matthew 22. King James. Thank you, Lord. 34 through 39. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One of these commandments, hang all the law, hang all the law and the prophets. Now you have to understand the context of what Jesus is being surrounded by. Pharisees and Sadducees who are literally crowded around him. In my mind, I believe they're, they're just verbally attacking him, coming at him with all these questions. 
How is this? How is that? You tell me. These are men who have of, of great education. Yes. And what Jesus comes back to them with is love yourself as your neighbor. Or love your neighbor as you love yourself. And they still couldn't quite understand it. And if you go further in the context, eventually this is building up to the whole crucifixion. They still couldn't understand where Jesus was going with this love your neighbor as you love yourself. But that's why Jesus went to the cross. Because he loved us that much. So he he displayed a a, a physical love for, for our neighbor, for his neighbor, for his loved ones, by literally dying on the cross for our sins. And I go back to Chuck and Johnny, and they didn't die on the cross for each other, but they were willing to literally sacrifice physical injury for one another to show one another how to do something, how to overcome an obstacle. And how I relate that to me personally. I've been given a lot of big words lately and recently, and a lot of things have come to fulfillment. We've bought property. We're we're getting ready to, to make big steps. Come on, Kurt. We battled back and forth. Are we coming to Streetsboro? Are we staying in Manaway? We couldn't find property in Streetsboro. So we stayed in Manaway. We were given a word that we're the bridge. And all night tonight, I kept hearing the assignment of the North Gate was never wrong. The outdoor revivals. Come on. The family fellowships that happened on a farm in Manaway were not wrong. And those who steward it were not wrong. Please don't hear me in arrogance because that's not the way I want to come off. But the Lord has said you are a land owner. You are not just a tenant. That's right. That's right. Come on. So what will take place on my property? The men and women who will come on my property and be blessed. Hear me. The men and women who will come and step foot on our property. And it all relates back and it falls back to that which was sown into that land. Sown into the man away. We had to come. We we had to break away from that. Come under another authority. Pastor had to come under authority of apostle. He had to learn how to steward a golden standard in Streetsboro. In order to literally send a son back to where it all began. That's scary, man. I know I'm not in this alone. I know there's so many. Everybody in this room is backing us, and I thank you for that. But the weight that has been given to him with Streetsboro is, is literally being poured into us for Manaway. And what's already there, there's already a foundation there. None of that has been destroyed. The physical church may have moved location, but see, when God pours into the land, his roots run deep. Even though we're not in the old gym and we're not, we're not doing the things we used to do when we were at overtaken or when we first moved into Streetsboro. The roots have ran so deep that the neighbors that live in Manaway that see this, because they do, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
the neighbors that live in Wyndham, the neighbors that live in Garrettsville that see this on live stream, because they still do. They still want to know if we're active. They still want to know if we're still doing what we said we were going to do. And we put it on display every week. Thank God for live stream. Not to prove the naysayer wrong, but to prove that the love of God still reigns. That the love for self is a love for neighbor. And that roots run deep. I really believe, and I don't know if you, if you get this, when you walked into our house or you guys came in and you prayed in our house, our house does not look big, but it is deep. When you walk into our house, it doesn't look very big, but it, it is deep. And I believe God's blessed us with a home that is deep because our roots are running deep. And the foundation and the bridge, the bridge side on Streetsboro for the bridge side into the Manaway, the foundation is deep. The structure is deep. And the love is deep. That was, that was a lot more than what I had planned to share with the youth on Thursday. But I believe that when I gave that, when I told my boys that story, I believe it, it might have been Friday. It was, a, it was after you guys were in here for the youth group. But oftentimes when I tell those adventurous stories, it has nothing to do with anything. At least that's the way I see it. But it was so fitting to see. But it just came out. And I believe God's blessed me with the, uh, the ability to just say things that just somehow fold in together. But I believe there's those who, who we don't think or, or maybe just don't notice who we encourage. Who maybe with, when we pray over our lunch at lunchtime, or maybe the just the kind words like Mama had to say, God bless you. Yeah. yeah. We don't realize how strong those those words are. And how much they mean to people. They could be at the very tippy top and you might be at the bottom or vice versa. But just hearing words of encouragement and love takes you to that next step. So this is perfect. We didn't plan any of this out. So this is absolutely perfect. How the Lord, I, Literally, you can ask him. The Lord told me, text him today. <laughs> and say, you're sharing a peace with me. Because what we've got to begin to understand is the baptism in Acts 2, the wind, the wind that came that birthed the church and shifted everything is this love that Curtis is talking about. This very love. I want to show you that when Jesus said another comforter's coming in John 14, 16, I want to read four verses below above, and then I want to go to Acts 1. Get Acts 1 ready up there for me. Of the commissioning of this love that Curtis is talking about. That this love that when you start connecting with people, you start blazing a trail for someone else and sometimes you don't even realize it. Sometimes it's people you don't realize and then sometimes it's people you realize. Like I realize I'm blazing a trail for Caden Cutright. Now there's people yet watching live stream or watching my life for afar that I'm climbing the rock wall right now and I don't realize I'm helping them. Curtis is blazing a trail for some that he sees it and he knows it. 
And then there's other people, like you just said, they don't know it, but they're watching you. And that's what Acts was about. That's how 3,000 people got impacted by love. Not because they spoke in a heavenly tongue that's only known by God and angels. It's because there was an invading love that hit them so deep, they couldn't be the same. It made them different. But watch what Jesus said was coming. I read to you for the last two weeks that Jesus announced that there was, King James Version says a comforter. New King James says a helper. The Passion Translation says the Holy Spirit of truth. But watch what he was saying was going to happen once you receive the wind of the Holy Ghost or the fire of the Holy Ghost. 1412 says this, I want you to be fully convinced about this. Anyone who believe that believes in me will also do works that I do. Because of this, you need to understand. I, because you can do the same works that I can do, you need to understand this. My relocation to continue to be face to face with my Father will produce works in those that believe. And you will do greater works of a greater portion and of a global influence. The Father is as present with you as he is with me. Verse 13, and whatever you desire in my name, listen to what I'm about to say. You've got to hear Jesus saying this. Don't hear me. This is Jesus talking to those that follow him. And whatever you desire in my name, that will I do. I will do so that my Father may be glorified in heaven. Your sonship is an endorsement of my sonship. If you ask me anything in knowing what my name entitles you do, I will perform it. And my name is Alpha. My name is Alif. My name is Tav. That's literally what it says right here. Do you understand what the word Alpha, Alpha in the beginning do you understand that when he says, I am the alpha, the beginning and the end alpha? Do you understand alpha? You ever seen an alpha leader walk into the room? You, you ever seen an alpha dog? You need to start understanding that you're in the inheritance of the alpha. We need to start understanding that when he said the comforter came, when love comes in such a degree that it sets you on fire, like fire shut up in your bones, and you connect that to somebody else so they start believing that nothing is impossible, you start walking in an alpha mentality that whatever you ask in my Father's name, I'm about to do, as it glorifies what? Him in the heavens and glorifies Jesus in the earth. That's what we have to understand. This is why we have to get self-gratification of independence out of us because it's not about my name being famous in the earth. It's about Jesus's name being famous in the earth. That's why you've got to go through the dark night of the soul so that you render everything of self-promotion so that it is all about the kingdom. It's not about you. You are going to get fulfilled because he loves you. That's why you don't have to strive. Doesn't mean you don't have to work hard. You just don't have to overwork. Because he loves you. That's why the guidance in climbing the wall is not that he has to strive and overwork and it's painful. He's just got to keep going. He's just got to keep believing. He's just got to keep going. I'm telling every kingdom builder in here, every person of an invention, every person with a dream, they did not invent the light bulb in one try. It tri Again and again and again and again. Until what? Something was invented that a generation can build upon. It wasn't about just giving us light in a room. It was something that generationally could be built upon. 
When we allow our dreams to come forth, it can't be about us being famous. It has to be a foundation that the generations can build upon. So watch this. If you ask anything in my name, anything, in knowing what my name entitles, I will perform it. And my name is Alpha and a Leaf and Tav. Verse 15. In you you loving me, you will have great value and treasure. The prophetic conclusion of my ministry is in you. Let that sink in for a second. The prophetic conclusion of Jesus' ministry, the end game. So there was 12 that he was speaking this to, but somebody named John the Beloved said, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down because in 2023, there's going to be a group of people that need to realize the end game hasn't been finished yet and he wants to do it in you. I started off with greater works will you do than what he did in verse 14, 12. Then anything you ask in his name, I want to give you global influence, but the one key of it is it has to be, have generational consciousness to it. You can't have self-promotion to it. The one key to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and literally after Peter preaches Acts 2.38, what does he say? What is happening here this day is not just for you, but it is for you and your children's children's children. Everything you do has to have generational consciousness to it or you'll break that light bulb and have to try again and you'll break that light bulb and you'll have to try again and you'll break that light bulb and you have to try again. What am I saying? The way you're doing it, if it's not working, it's because it doesn't have transgenerational consciousness to it. If what you're doing is not working right now, It's not because you're a failure. It's because you have not went into the depths of the whispers of the Alif and the Toph, the entitles of his name, who is above every name. Go into the depths of his name. Go into the depths of who he is. Stop trying to do it the way you, how does does David kill a giant? Because he does not do it with a sword and a shield like everybody else did. What we're about to do in the earth can't be done like everybody else. Nolan Ball's kingdom man, they will ask you, how did you do it? Because you're not doing it like everybody else. Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby's prime examples. Closed on Sundays. Can't do that. Yes, we can. Watch us. Watch us. But they'll mock you, persecute you, what? For his namesake. Chick-fil-A, you should be open on Sundays. No, we believe every one of our employees should have what? The opportunity to go encounter love. They should have one day where they can go find it. Because we don't believe that you got a slave seven days a week to have an inheritance. That is completely lopsided in today's culture and today's society. You've got to burn it, earn it, work 12 hours a day, work 15, 16. You got to go get it. You got to go get it. Isn't that what you said earlier, Bill? You told your kids, you got to be hard. You got to go get it. No, you don't. You've got to yield to tenderness, mercy, and love and watch inheritance come. And the foolish things will shame the wise and say, how did you get that? Because he's that good. That's why Jesus said, I'll take the foolish things to shame the wise. I'll take the foolish ones. Come on, think about it. Peter, hard as nails. Hard as nails. Listen, there was not one Roman, it was not one Roman soldier that came to get Jesus in the garden. It was a bunch of them. Peter's a bad dude. Well, thinks he is. 
He's ready to fight every train. You're a fisherman, Peter. You're not a trained Roman soldier, buddy. You're not a gladiator. But he sure thought he was in his heart. Some of you are trying to be gladiators and God doesn't want you to be gladiator. He just wants you to be a son. Some of you are trying to cut your way through production and going, I'll do this in the name of Jesus. This is your word, God. I'm gonna do this right now. God's going, nope, that's not gonna work. I'm gonna, everything you're cutting up, I'm actually gonna put back on. Every, the ear cut off and Jesus goes, nope, that's not what we're doing here. Everything you're plowing, that watch, you feel, I, I failed you, Jesus. I'm failing the word. I'm failing, God's like, no, every mess you're making, I'm gonna clean up. Until you take a step back and go get in a prayer room for about 10 days. And then you won't have to cut off ears. You won't even have to get into shame and regret and deny me to a 14-year-old girl anymore. I'll actually show you what you're worth, Peter. But you know what you gotta do? Acts 2.38, show up for the walk. Let sin, the remission that keeps getting you to walk away from me and the people I'm connecting to you. It wasn't just Jesus. It was, look, 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 look. It wasn't just Jesus he was walking away from. This is where the independent people go, it's just me and Jesus. No, it's not. God is going to connect you, Peter, to 11 other men that you have to walk with because he's actually calling you to lead them, but you want to go do your own thing. I'm not going to let you do that. Even when you walk away, I'm going to make sure you find an upper room in Jerusalem, which is what? Return to home. Why? Because what's going to happen at home, Peter? This is what's going to happen at home. John 14, 16. In my prayerful engagement with the Father, he will give you another, say another, We've been saying another quite a bit tonight, right? I'm gonna give you the Greek meaning of another. Another close companion to be with you. His name is Holy Spirit, comforter, helper, caregiver. I'm going to give him to you in such an intimate way that my immediate presence, how many felt immediate God in here tonight? Immediately I felt, I felt Holy Spirit. I will give you my immediate presence and it will continue to overwhelm with you and be with you. In the timeless ages to come. I love this translation because it sounds all mystery crazy. The word another is this word right here. The word another means another one, another one or a same kind as, or a different type. The word for Holy Spirit we've been hearing is paraclete. I'm talking too fast. Now we're going to add one little word to it because I'm not a Greek scholar. We're going to add LEO to it. When you take paraclete, which is the answer of Holy Spirit helper that has been given to you, the another, when you add LEO to it, it means one that walks alongside you, close as possible, proximity and nearness that can't be broken. To identify by a right name, to understand what it means to be an intimate kinsman is the Greek meaning of another, which means Holy Spirit. God sent Acts 2 so you wouldn't have to be alone. And when you feel alone, it's because somehow you fell into the trap of independence, which bought into the lie that you're an orphan, that you don't fit in, you don't belong. This is all across America. Be in a church and don't feel like they could be a part. You know why? Because we pushed Holy Spirit out. We can have the knowledge of the cross, the resurrection, but Jesus told these guys, greater works will you do 
greater things to come. Anything you ask in my name, I'm going to give it to you. Listen, do you understand that coming from God? Greater works will you do. Anything you ask in my name, I will give to you. And yet we have settled for Sunday morning, 10 a.m., coffee and donuts. Why? Because we don't know how to love ourselves. We don't know how to love others. And why do we not know how to love each other or love ourselves? Because we won't allow the comforter of John 14 to come in and wreck our hearts. We won't allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to come and mess our routine world up, even if it's dysfunctional. We're so afraid of change, even though change would be new. We fall in the trap of doing the same things over, whether it's our family, whether it's our children, whether it's our business. And God's going, I love you. And when you don't yield to Holy Spirit, I'm gonna come again. I'm gonna come again. And even when you try to run away, I'm gonna come again. Bill's testimony was so huge tonight. In the lowest of lows, and I tried to detach myself as far as I could. But guess what kept coming? Love. I love you, Bill. I love you, Bill. I've got plans for your wife. I got plans for your kids. I love you, Bill. I love you, Bill. And it's not Bill, it's Sarah, it's Justin. And you see what's happening? And then just like the movie, The Shack, even when you push love away, love comes in the form of a woman. Love comes in form of a man. Love comes in the form of a child. Love comes in form of a friend. Love comes in the form of a coworker. Love comes in the form of a neighbor. I can remember when I tried to push it all away and the guy I hated the most on the job was John Henchman. And guess what John wanted to tell me about? Jesus. I know about Jesus, John, but John wasn't trying to show me Jesus. John was showing me unconditional love that I couldn't push away. I owe you money, John. It's okay, Jimmy. You don't have to pay me back. What? What do you mean? What do you mean I don't have to pay you back? But I need to pay you back, but you don't have to. It's okay. The right thing to do is to pay him back money that I owe him. But you know what he gave me instead? Love. Love. Jimmy, do you know Jesus? I do, John. I've went to church since I was a little kid. How come you don't go to church anymore? I don't know, John. I really don't want to talk about this with you. Come to work the next day, love shows up. Love shows up. John, you want to go to church with me? Sure, where are we going? We're going to go to this little church in Brimfield. Why are we going there? Because, John, my wife's there. And I tried to push her away, too. The day I met her, I knew she was my wife. And I tried to push her away, too. Why? Because I operated in independence. But when I let X1 happen to my heart, put X1 up there for me. When I let X1 happen to my heart, it transformed everything. And being assembled together, watch this. Let me read this again. And being assembled together. We didn't go. We went to an assembly. There's something about gathering with the saints that cultivated. That's why I won't let anybody come in here anymore and just sit in the back. I won't. I won't. You'll have to choose to walk out of here. We're going to get in proximity and go after Jesus together. Even if you're physically not able, I will pull a chair up and we will believe for healing. And we're going to come together. Where COVID pushed us apart, we're going to come together. And then things happen. Like Tori hasn't been here for months. 
but walks in these doors and you, it's like you never, ever left. And, and this, she's a college student doing things and it's, it's, it's Alex's sister, if you don't know that. You know what I'm saying? Trevor comes in here, just right in. People just right in, right in we go, right in we come. Emma and Des ain't been here for a month, right in we come. And listen, God loves them so much. We don't have to beg and grovel because we missed a month where they were at in the last youth group or the last service they were in, God's love rushed right in. Why? Because being assembled together with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem. Let me say this again. Do not depart from home. You gotta start reading this rightly. Quit making this about Jerusalem and make this about what it really is. He looked at 12 of them and said, stop leaving home. Stop leaving my presence could be geographic, mostly it's with him. Stop leaving, do not depart from home, but wait for the promise of the Father, where? Home. Wait for the promise, where? Home. Wait for the promise, where? Home. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water. This is what makes me mess with Acts 2.38. This is what messes with me that it was not water baptism that Peter went and baptized 3,000 people in the name of Jesus. No, 3,000 people got consumed in fiery love. Because this is what he said. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized... Two baptisms here, one of fire, one of water. Acts 2.38 was fire, not water. Oh, God. He was trying to prepare them. Love the water baptism, old man becoming new. Get it? Awesome. Great. But this one that's coming is not about water. This one that's coming is that when you climb the rock wall, you can tell somebody else to climb the rock wall. When you walk to the lows of lows, Bill Cutright, you can stand up in front of a group of people. And you know what happened to you? You were actually baptized with the Holy Ghost tonight with boldness and done something you usually don't do. Get on the microphone. We saw a manifestation of fire in Bill. And it was not in volume. It was in passionate burning love. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not many days from now. Watch. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Watch what Jesus says. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons for everybody who's, I'm glad we are not caught up in the end time thing here. You know what we're caught up in? The now time, which is actually the end of time. So we are in the end times. The ones that we talked about in John 14, the endless ages. It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put his own authority. Watch this. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And we dummied this down in religion and think the power of the Holy Ghost is only healing. If Bill caught right, I love using you as an example tonight. If you were sick in body and been healed, that's awesome. 
But you know what power happened to him? Identity. Identity as a father and a son is a metamorphosis in Bill's life right now. Those that, that the healing of abuse came. The power of the Holy Spirit came upon them. Metamor it's deutimous power where we get the word dynamite. When dynamite blows up, guess what happens? Nothing looks the same. You ready? And it can't be put back together. Look at me. If I stick a dynamite in something you love and blow it up, you can't put all the pieces back together. This is the deutimous power. The same word we get dynamite is the same word we get power right here. When the deutimous power comes upon you, which means you are never the same. When that transforming power comes, you shall be witnesses to me, you ready? At home. That could be literally home with your wife and kids. Tina could say this, Holy Spirit came upon Jimmy and his home is now a witness. Streetsboro is now becoming a witness. Manaway is now becoming a witness. Watch, for me, Streetsboro. You shall be witnesses to me in Streetsboro and in Aurora and in Manaway and the 40-mile radius. That's our assignment. The uttermost parts for me is Canton, Warren, and Youngstown, Akron. Here's what we've done in religion. We have a service like this Next thing you know, we want to send the Yeltons to Brazil and we want to send hope to Africa and we want to, we want to go to the uttermost parts of the earth before we let the witness come to our home. Let the witness come to my home. Let the witness come to my home. Let the witness come to my home. Guess what? When the Holy Spirit came to my home, she doesn't need physical healing as much as the family. The cut rights didn't need delivered from cancer. So this is what we've done. Religiously, we make the, the power of the Holy Ghost is healing. No, the power of the Holy Ghost was Bill over there with his kids and his wife. It's time that we start getting just as excited over that as we do a blinded eye being opened. Because I guarantee when 3,000 people get saved in Acts 2, and we'll go deeper in Acts 2 next week, when 3,000 people get saved in Acts 2, I guarantee it wasn't 3,000 people just got healed from sickness and infirmity. There were husbands that changed and moms that changed and kids that changed and foremans and CEOs that changed. Owners of companies started operating in honor rather than dishonor. Finances flipped upside down. The whole cultivation of the book of Acts happened from what? 120 people getting a flame of love on their head and started loving one another the way Curtis talked. Jesus said, you want to see a great work? Love my father and love one another. Love my, you want to see the greatest revival in history? Greatest revival in history is not going to just be a thousand souls being swept up in the kingdom. The greatest revival in history is when we let down our territorial walls called the church. Because we're scared we might lose sheep. And listen, I, I fell trapped to that. 
for years. But now I have a foundation called a family. And this is what we know. When a family member leaves, it feels like a piece of the body got cut off. You know what that means? We found family. We found family. And I'm asking you to let Holy Spirit come so deep inside of you that you start to learn to love the differences of everybody in this room and then start to love everybody around you to another degree like we've never seen. Love is going to be the answer. Why is love so important? Because you are going through something right now or have just went through something like Bill. And you know what you're doing? You're teaching Johnny how to climb the rock wall. Nobody, nobody has walked through anything more than what you have walked through, Victoria Bell, in the last year. And we rejoice that your mom and your husband are in the great crowd of witnesses. But I also rejoice of the women's hands that you will hold, that you'll teach how to climb the wall. But you got to believe in you. God's not done with you in any way. God is not done with you and God's not done with the mares. It's only just beginning. And your biggest cheerleader standing up there saying, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. You've got people that are saying, go for it. And that's what we did tonight. This is the paradigm that's changing, I'm noticing, inside of what we do. Before, it was a little bit of worship to just get you to engage. Now, it's we're just going all after God and hosting his presence. And then we need taught. We need teaching like this. Not evangelistic preaching. You know what I'm saying? We thought we had to preach people into salvation, which I love that. I love that that's happening. But in this family, we need to be taught what it means to be immersed in love in this season of the wind. We need to love people unconditionally. Why? Because we're going to see people come through these doors in the next several months. And in the worship and hosting the presence, they're going to look at some of you knowing your rock wall story. Going, man, I saw them when they were at their lowest. And look at them worshiping God. Look how loved they feel. Look how alive they are. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to slip their hands up about right here. Or they're going to slip them up about right here. Or they're going to hold themselves and tears run down their face. I honor every tear in this place tonight. Because it's an answer for your families. It's an answer for your children. We're building something in here that generations can build upon. How do I know that? Watching what my son did in here tonight in purity. And if anybody's offended by what he did, you do not know his heart and know how much courage that takes for a 14-year-old boy to get up on a microphone. Because I know at the end of the day, other people don't know and won't understand, but I know how much that boy loves Matt Petrie. Uncle Matt meant the world to him. That's love that that boy would pray for him. And it doesn't mean Matt's doing anything wrong right now. That's just saying Trenton loves Matt. That's just saying Trenton loves the Hunter family. 
It doesn't mean that they're wrong that they're in Florida. It's just a young man cried out for love. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You hear me on this? We're gonna cry out for everybody. And listen, if people get a big deal or get offended because we make a big deal out of Streetsboro, I'm sorry, this is my Jerusalem. And until the Lord calls me somewhere else, I'm gonna make a big deal out of Jerusalem. And something happened to an independent Simon Peter. Something happened to him that he was a wandering vagabond until what? Until he had an encounter with Holy Ghost and he never left Jerusalem. He never went to the uttermost parts of the earth. He stayed in Jerusalem and tended Jerusalem. Even though the order from Jesus was to go to the uttermost parts of the earth, he would rather have been an apostolic father that sent sons to the uttermost part and he stayed in Jerusalem. So when a Paul that was touching Asia and touching the world could come back and look at a father in in, in Jerusalem and go, am I doing good? Listen, you wanna talk about breaking an independent spirit? Literally, Paul writes three quarters of the New Testament is one of the most educated men on the planet is the world evangelist like Billy Graham comes back to an apostolic father after 14 years of successful ministry looks a father in the face and says am I preaching the gospel correctly he could have came back and said I went to the uttermost parts of the earth you're still in Jerusalem we're learning tonight I started going to the uttermost parts Then I've put my roots here. What did he say about your roots? Go to Jerusalem and wait till what? The promise shows up. I have a feeling we're about to see groundbreaking inheritance April 22nd and 23rd of this year. The spring will be a launch pad for the home of the rockets when our apostolic authority steps foot on this land after not being here since 2019 and seven-year completion of phase one, making an announcement of what's to come. This box is full of groundbreaking. And I feel led to put this on top. Anybody see what this is? It's an hourglass with no sand, which means you'll never run out of time. We are in the time of the endless ages. Which means we're not worried. We're going to wait in Jerusalem until. Until. And then we will send sons from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And how did we do that? Because we looked in each other's eyes and didn't give up on each other. Look at me. We looked in each other's eyes and we, there's stories all across this room. We looked into each other's eyes and we didn't give up. And we didn't give up. We, kept, we did not give up on Streetsboro. We did not give up on Ohio. Everybody can joke. Don't nobody want to move here. They will. Don't nobody want to come to Ohio. They will. It won't be for the weather. It, huh, baby? it ain't going to be for the weather. But it's going to be for a fire that's gonna help ignite a nation. And what we're building is not about the North Gate, it's about the kingdom. We, hey, listen, we broke some light bulbs. Listen to me. And I, I really say this over Ed and Jeanette who's tended our kingdom builders. We broke some light bulbs. 
and it's okay. But we're about to find the one that'll never stop shining. We're going to find the one that never stops shining. And we're going to be able to build upon a generation. You hear me? Don't you give up on yourself. His word doesn't go void. He ain't let it die yet. He ain't going to let it die. Not until his word is complete. You hear me in this place? Every word that's stupid. Man, I feel this. Oh, I feel this in my heart. Every word that's in this house is still alive. And it's the year of the wind. And wind's about to blow on some prophetic words. Man, I feel this. I feel this strong. I'm going to say this in all truth and heart. I don't care where you two go to minister and show who you are in the earth, but this is home. You two belong to me and Tina. And I say that openly. I love you so much. And we will see the fullness of Cleveland coming into the kingdom. You hear that, Tammy? You you belong to us. We love you. You go where you need to go, where Holy Spirit takes you. But you know there's always a place where you come home and get refreshed. And then you take that love and you take that sound and you take that intercession. Because God is going to open up the gate of Cleveland and God is going to use you. But this is home. Is this not home, Northgate? We love Dexter and Cece. We love you and your babies. All I, when you were singing tonight, all I can remember is Brim going, Dexter, you had to come back. Cece, you had to come back for this next part. Your intercession and your sound is a peace for the Cleveland region. This is Gates. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to say with it. I'm just saying we're here to open gates for a region. And I'm going to say this one last thing, and Kent State will rattle from here. There's a whole generation, ain't there, Tori, that need this love. There's a whole generation, isn't there, Desmond? There's a whole generation that needs this kind of love. And we're going to open those gates and just be as weird as possible because they're not looking for normal. They're not. They're not. They're not looking for normal. Are they, Caden? They're not. They're starting to ask him, what's the church really like? What's it like growing up there? What's it? I'll tell you what it's like. It's causing a young man to go into intercession for a whole high school and come into this house at midnight and text his mom while he's out driving the streets of Streetsboro, just getting his license going, what's the key code to the church? And my reserve as a pastor and my reserve is like, do we really want to start giving teenagers the key code? I'm just being honest, just, just being real. Do we really want to start giving 16-year-old boys access to everything that's in here? And I asked Holy Spirit, and he said, yes, you do. Because this time he came by himself, but in the future he won't be coming alone. And when Maddie gets her license and some of you get your license in here, you're going to start coming in here and he won't be alone. And there'll be teenagers. Listen, we got cameras all over this place. I told the Holy Spirit, I can't wait till the day comes that the camera on this, I get a blink 
notification and I see four, five, 10, 15, 20 teenagers in here at midnight just hosting the presence of God. You know what that should do? It should provoke every adult in here to get in here at midnight. Don't let them initiate. This is not, oh, great for the teenagers. This means you get your running shoes on too, mom and dad. Because I promise you, if he texts me when he's 16 and says, I feel like I need to go to the church and pray at midnight, dad's going to be right with him. And that's not a knock on, on the, I celebrate your text message. But I'm telling you what's to come. You asked for family revival when you're 16, 17, 18 year old, 20 year olds going, I want to pray. We win. You know what's happening? Fulfillment. Greater works will you do. Anything you ask in my name, I'll do. I'm sending another comforter that will, I'm sending another that will intertwine you to full identity and allow you to understand the kinsman redeemer. That means all inheritance is ours. In Jesus' name. Mike, you got anything? You good? This is that. This is that. Are you ready to be inconvenienced? Which means you may not have a seat in here. Are you ready for prayer meetings that won't end? Services that won't, I said it Thursday night. We're, we're in one of the fulfillments of that box. Apostle said, I see services that don't end. We tried to cut it at 8.30. The teenagers wouldn't let us. Next thing you know, we were in here at 10 o'clock. And nobody cared. The same way you wouldn't care if your bad sports team went into two overtimes. That's no, honest truth. It's the honest truth of America. Your Johnny's soccer game goes into three overtimes and he's gonna get up for school the next day and you don't get mad. But God forbid, youth group of the church goes over 10 minutes and kids got school tomorrow. Listen, I believe in education, but I believe in the power of God more. And what a generation needs is the power and love of Jesus Christ. So, and I'm thankful for a, a body of people that is hosting that here and seeing revival just be stirred. Amen? We good? Father, take this word tonight and multiply it. Take what happened to us in the beginning in the worship and multiply it in the earth. God, let your love be multiplied from every mom and dad, every son and daughter, every grandma and grandpa in this place. God, we believe we are in the middle of revival. We are in the middle of transforming love and we are seeing your love manifest in the earth in ways we couldn't even imagine. We're dreaming for ourselves again. We're dreaming for our families again. We're dreaming for our city again. We're dreaming for America again. And what are we dreaming about? Your kingdom come, your your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let us have hope for the impossible and remove every mountain that stands in our way. Why? Because you love us. Abba, you love us and you have a future and a hope for everybody in this room. Your thoughts towards us are not evil, but have a future and a hope. Your thought towards everybody in this room is not evil. It's full of hope it has a future and it's full of love and you're the carrier of our tomorrow. I release you to go change the world in the love of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the North Beat. If you would like to donate to this ministry, please go to www.thenorthgateoh.com and click on the link at the bottom of the homepage. 